Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkamoli. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, He's 20. Gone. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 192 and brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Welcome back to the show. I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. We are going to catch you guys up on all the latest out of Buccaneer training camp. But on top of that, for the first time this season, folks, it is game week. The Buccaneers have a game to play this Saturday, they're going to be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in the first preseason matchup. We got some details for you guys on that game that we'll talk about. Bruce Arians spoke about some expectations for the starters, who you're going to see out there, how long they're going to be out there, and uh, much more. We'll get to that shortly. But Evan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very good because of the reasons you said. It's finally not not just for the Bucks, but for the entire league. Right. I think that the first games, the first set of games are Thursday. I think some teams play. It's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then there might be a few on Sunday. But like coming up, baby, like there's going to be actual yeah. live football that isn't reruns. So it's uh, very exciting. And I mean, after the first quarter, it's probably going to suck, which, you know, that's how well, preseason goes. That's kind of getting back into the motion of things. But if you are a big fan of those, uh, you know, on the bubble position battles, you're going to get a great look at plenty of those this coming weekend. So get excited about that. But all the latest out of training camp, I want to talk about one thing. And uh, I think it's one of the bigger storylines coming out of camp this week. Uh, Bruce was not happy yet again after yesterday's practice. Uh, a common theme this year that we haven't exactly observed before is Bruce Arians just absolutely ripping some of these practices to shreds, man. Uh, B.A. called yesterday's practice the worst offensive practice he has seen in three years with the defense winning the day. Now, the other practice that Bruce ripped apart was the week before pads came on. I think it was a day or two. And uh, the attitude that day is that the Bucks just weren't practicing to win, right? Guys were out there just going through the motions, uh, practicing to practice. Now, he did say that they looked much better today as far as the offense goes. So I, I suppose it's all about finding continuity with the good days of offensive practice. 
And with training camp, you're going to have good days and bad days. Like that's what camp is there for. It's there to learn and to get better. So you don't make these crucial mistakes uh, during the games. Like, you know, the mistake you make during a game, the last thing you want it to be is fundamentals. The, the shit that you should have figured out back in June, back in July, when you were at training camp, making all this stuff happen. So my question is, you know, personally, I'm not an NFL head coach. So if I think a coach is overreacting, then it speaks for itself. But, um, you know, is Bruce Arians just overreacting? Is he being overly critical of the offense on days like these for the sake of raising the standard? Like we knew that since he got the job in 2019, he's going to come in and try and make this atmosphere, this uh, culture better. And by holding a higher standard is definitely one way of doing it. But after winning a Super Bowl, you know, you still have to keep the standard high. And as some people might see it as overreacting. Some people think he's being overly critical. But at the end of the day, like, it seems like he's just trying to raise the standard of what's acceptable at practice, right? When you were a Super Bowl team, expectations go up a little bit higher. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think... it's one of the toughest things I think for a coach to do after a team wins a championship. I think one of the toughest things is just corralling that team back in and, you know, sort of getting them back on track and focused again. It was hard to do it the first time. And it's so hard to win any championship in sports, 10 times harder to do it a second time in a row, not, not even just the second time. You know, two times in a row, that's uh, that's very difficult. So I think part of it is um, kind of him just wanting to to not let, especially on the offense, because the offense is this team's bread and butter. I know everybody says, oh, defense has a lot of talent. Look, the Bucks are one of the most talented, if not the most talented football team in the entire league. So, yes, the offense and defense are both going to be stacked. But let, let's be real. The offense is what most people talk about is it's Tom Brady. It's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. That's what most people talk about. So, and also that's what Bruce Arians is known for. Bruce Arians isn't a defensive guru. He's a guy that's always been on the offensive side of things. So he's going to expect more from his offense. I think, um, now I, when he said that, I sort of wanted to see if somebody can picture this when, when they're listening, Sort of like the the gif of, of Jim uh, in the office when he's in the hospital room and he's drinking the coffee and he kind of he ki- <laughs> he, ki- he kind of like smirks at the camera and says like oh okay because yeah. I did not that was not based on everything I read and, and some of the clips I've seen that was not the worst practice in the last three years I, I guarantee you that there's been worse offensive practices <laughs> um, maybe even this year who knows but. Um, I just I think Bruce was just a little maybe and also dude, those reporters are getting him right after coming off the field. Right. He hasn't watched the film yet. Uh he's a little hot, maybe a little frustrated. And I think some of that is is partly um, you know, to 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 blame for for him saying that. But I do think yet again, it's it's a tough thing on a head coach to to try and keep his team humble. And, and, and try and do it. Uh, there hasn't been a team to repeat back-to-back Super Bowls since Tom Brady's Patriots did it in, in 03 and 04, um, or technically, technically 04, 05. But um, it, it's difficult. And now, and he, you know, he said the defense had an elite practice. I read some things that the defense was good, but it wasn't elite. And so, you know, it's just, 
I think he wanted to light a fire under the offense. And, and he even said today was a much better day, but it couldn't get much worse. So he even get, he even gave him <laughs> one, one last dig there for, for some reason, but I just think he knows he has the veterans on the offense and they're going to be able to handle that. Yeah. And I don't want people to think that we're trying to make something out of, uh, you know, Bruce Arians shooting from the hip and his, his post-practice press conference, because if there's one thing that we've learned about Bucko Bruce is that uh, he doesn't give a damn. He's going to tell you what is on his mind and he's going to be blunt and honest about it. And a lot of people like to take those and make stories and run with it. But I, I think the reason I'm asking this time around is that sometimes it can be seen as, you know, maybe he's being a little too harsh. But again, that all goes back to the conversation we had about just raising the standard of this football team, what is acceptable and, and what simply isn't anymore. Um, but I mean, Bruce even said before practice got going, he's going to kick these guys ass. Like he's going to go out there and, and they're going to get the most out of these reps because they didn't have them last year. So you better make damn sure you take it all in this year if you want to be the same team that, you know, ends up hoisting the Lombardi at the end of February. Yeah, well, what does what does he always say? Coach him hard, hug him later. Yeah, you know, that that that's that's his that's his motto. So yeah, he's gonna coach you hard, but he's he's gonna love you. He's gonna have your back. So that's just the way he's coaching. Hey, clearly something's working. So uh, you know, I, I wouldn't really if if they come out and they start the season one and four, then you got a question. Okay, was Bruce Arians pushing? These, are these guys almost worn out by this point? because Bruce Arians was kept pushing them and pushing them, yeah. then you can be concerned about that. But right now this, this is Bruce Arians, man. This is BA. Every, everybody who's listened to this podcast should, should know that. Yeah. And if you guys checked out our season prediction show, you should know that neither Evan nor I have this team starting at one and four. No. Um, but another important thing to remember is that this group of guys, they want to be coached uh, when each and every single one of them is asked about Bruce Arians or Todd Bowles, the way that those guys command a roster, um, they, you know, it's a, it's a coachable group of guys is what I'm trying to say here before it falls out of my mouth. Um, these guys want to be coached hard. They want their asses kicked. They want to fix what needs to be fixed because the standard is a championship. This is a championship football team. And in 2021, they're looking to do the same damn thing. So any way that they can get better, I don't think you're going to have to worry about, you know, guys not listening to coach or giving somebody back talk or just not wanting to be here, worrying about being pushed too hard. You know, the polar opposite situation, which I also brought up on the season prediction show, is like what's going on in New York right now uh, with Joe Judge. He has not been there that long, and I feel like the impression that he has made with players over his training camp has not been that great because he broke them down to zero that one day after practice when there was a little bit of a scuffle, and Daniel Jones was at the bottom of it, um, surprisingly enough, right? Uh, that's very, very Greg Schiano. Right. That's what it reminded me of toes on the line. Just that high school discipline of, you know, overly disciplining these guys. Um, and I don't think that's something that we have to worry about with this coaching staff. Obviously the knowledge is there. It is the biggest coaching staff in the NFL and the players have done nothing but say great things about this staff and everything that they've done. So, you know, we're talking about Bruce ripping these practices to shreds, not because we're worried anybody's going to get any hard feelings over it. It's just about making this team better, and uh, that's the expectation. You know, you, you wouldn't have heard Dirk Cutter walk off of the field and say, man, that's the worst practice I've seen in three years. <laughs> because I feel like a guy like Dirk Cutter saying that, as opposed to a Bruce Arian saying that, there's a little bit of difference in the weight of those words when they come out. Like, when Dirk says that's the worst practice we've seen, I don't think people are going to have as much of a uh, a jovial response to it. Because when it's Bruce, it's it's just Bruce being Bruce. 
you know, it's weird. Uh, so they had Greg Schiano, and then they had Lovey Smith, two polar opposites. But then Dirk Cutter was kind of a semi mix between those two. All right. Um, Lovey Smith, you know, very, very Tony Dungy like, very a player's not, coach. Yeah, n- not gonna, not gonna yell. Well, I think there's different types of players' coaches because I think Bruce Arians is a players' coach also, but uh, not really gonna yell at you. Not gonna, not gonna have the the flashy press conference, the big quote. Um, you know, and then they had Cutter, who was kind of a mixture in between both. I think Arians is a mixture in between Chiano and Cutter, kind of. I don't really think Bruce Arians has a, a Lovey Smith bone in his body or a Tony Dungy bone in his body. Uh, he's much more like a John Gruden, uh, per se. So, uh, it's the swagger. Yeah, it's just who he is. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he's got a, I think he's the, the most swagged out head coach the Bucks have ever had. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, when I, I mean, think I of Bucks football, I think of a coach like a John Gruden or in this case, a Bruce Arians. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians is already making the case to be you know, possibly the second best, maybe even first best, you know, head coach uh, in, in Buccaneers history. Right now, I'd still say probably John Gruden just because, you know, he was here long enough and they, they still won a division a bunch of times. So like Bruce Arians, I think might eventually pass him and we, he could pass him this year, but we'll see. Uh, now, I mean. We talked about Bruce Arian quotes and um, he's not shy to rip a practice, but he's also not shy to rip a player. And we have a quote here on the player. When I read this tweet, my face, I was like, whoa. (laughs) I I mean, he's been, dude, he's been picking on a lot of guys throughout camp. Yeah, but this was, this was the most, uh, this is the most open I've heard him. I was like, whoa. All right, let's hear it. So. talking about tanner hudson and the, the preseason hero tanner hudson right it's like hudson griffin right they they all make that like that thing all right like those jokes though um because i mean it truly and tanner hudson has a good preseason it's like he, he legit has and but, he's had a, he's had a good camp so far catching the football yeah it's the other thing that he has a real issue with and when you're a wide receiver all right that's fine right but um when you are a tight end, you need to do something called block, which apparently, according to Bruce Arians, Tanner Hudson has not done. And actually, Tanner Hudson has gotten worse. So he said today, Arians, this is a tweet from Pewter Report, Arians on what Tanner Hudson needs to show. His quote, block somebody, anybody, somebody. He says Hudson has actually regressed as a blocker. That signals to me, that unless this dude goes off in the preseason, I think he's getting cut. Yeah, you I think mean, his if, time has come? If, if Or at least he's going to be on the practice squad. If you say he's regressed as a blocker, he already was not a good blocker, and the Bucs right. put up with it. They were frustrated with, you know, they really wanted him to become a good blocker, and now they're saying he's regressed? Oh, boy. I, he's, I think Cody McElroy or um, I forget the other guy's name. I think it's Treadwell. Uh, no, it's a sample, I think is his name or something. I forgot. Oh, Jarrell, yeah, Jarrell Adams. Jarrell Adams. Um, I think one of those guys it might be in better position to get the fourth tight end spot over, over Tanner Hudson, because that, I mean, when he's saying, when he's saying block somebody, like not just, he has to do a better job of blocking. He's saying block somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody, says, anybody, please. You have gotten worse. Go out this there and Tanner do the Hudson's, bare minimum is what he's asking for. At this this point. is Tanner Hudson's third NFL season. This is not his rookie year. 
and now he's getting worse. That's that's not good. Yeah, well, it definitely makes for uh, huge developments regarding that tight end four battle. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, where, you know, Cody McElroy had some pretty great catches so far. Tanner Hudson, I think, has like yet to drop a pass this camp. But when you're a tight end in the NFL, it's going to come down who is more physical off of the line of scrimmage, who can block better. And uh, unfortunately for Tanner Hudson, Hearing that you have regressed as a blocker from the head coach is the last thing that you want to hear for a guy who is on the bubble to make that tight end room. But it will well, be very, when, when very interesting to see. When you're a first or second string tight end, that's fine. If you just don't, if you don't drop a pass, that's awesome. OJ yeah. Howard, Cam Brake, don't drop a ball. All right. Not when you're the fourth tight end, because the fourth tight end is going to be used 90% of the time for blocking. And uh, I, I wonder if, the Bucks are kind of regretting let, letting Anthony Alclair resign, uh, not resign, sign with the Houston Texans this offseason because what they really liked about him was his blocking. Uh, and, and like he was like an average blocker, but he would have been much better than Tanner Hudson. So I wonder if early returns right now on letting Alclair leave and keeping Hudson are, uh, are starting to be a little bit of a regret for that front office. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of eyes on that tight end position this Saturday. Again, Cincinnati, you'll get a good showcase of uh, what those guys can do off of the line of scrimmage, and they'll have a couple of more games as well, the second and third preseason game to really go out there and block for their job, I think is the way to put it. Uh, but for Tanner Hudson, definitely in a little bit of hot water right now. It'll be interesting to see how he rebounds. So we talked about the bad day that the offense has had. But Bruce Arians also mentioned that it was an elite practice for this defense. And uh, you're going to have good offensive days and good defensive days during camp. But let's talk about some of the guys who have shined on the defense these past couple of days. Uh, huge days at camp for Mike Edwards, who had two picks yesterday. And interior defensive lineman Khalil Davis has also shown quite a bit of growth between his rookie season and uh, up until this point. He made a really, really nice couple of pass rush moves today at camp. And I guess there was chatter within, you know, his teammates on the defensive line that some guys out there were kind of impressed with the way he was moving around. For Khalil Davis, I know we've talked before about the lack of depth at defensive line still kind of being a question mark. And not to say that Khalil Davis is still the be all end all to fix it, but you got to feel a lot better about the way that he's uh, shown improvement. Especially since they need depth there. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's one of the weaker spots, I think, on, on the, the team. And he was one of the interior. draft picks this time last year where you weren't even sure if he was going to make the team. Yeah. Because he's uh, a six-round yeah. pick, right? Six or six-round pick out of Nebraska. He was, yeah. he was the guy that Jason Light uh, made the bet with Bruce Arians that Jason, on day three, Light was going to get a Nebraska guy and Arians was going to get a Temple guy. And the Temple guy ended up being Chappelle Russell, who didn't make it and ended up signing with the Jaguars, I think. And then Khalil Davis was the Nebraska guy. So this is Light's pick. Arian's pick not doing so hot. Um, but Light's pick is, has been shining. And um, it's definitely good to see. Because like I said, they need that, that interior defensive line depth. They, they really do. Yeah. Uh, if Vita Vea were to go down again, Nadam Katsu's getting older. Uh, he may need to sit out a few more plays. Will Golston, you know, he's getting up there. Obviously, he can still play the majority of the snaps, but, you know, you, it's just something you might want to to rotate in. Uh, Nacho has, has been mostly a nose tackle, so, like, he's kind of limited in what he can do. I think Khalil Davis can kind of do a little bit of both, and it's nice to see him having a good camp. So I think he should make the team no problem, but um, we'll just see how he plays in, the, in this preseason. I think he's going to get a ton of time. 
Oh, yeah. Now, speaking of Vita Vea, you brought him up. He is another guy who has made his way onto uh, BA's not good list. He was every, given every, a goal. Everybody's on, everybody's on BA's crap list. Everybody. Everybody's on notice during this <laughs> training camp. Vita Vea was given an, um, basically a target weight that he needs to hit by Friday, I think. Saturday. I didn't see Saturday. I didn't see what the goal weight was, but I guess he's another guy who came into camp a little heavy. I, I mean, yeah, you know, they were partying with us. They they won the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then they were eating wings with us. So right, right. Vita, T- Tyler Johnson, we were all hanging out. So yeah. maybe they'll um, be at the uh, maybe they'll. Well, no, I guess they got the game to play. No, yeah, they, yeah, they can't. They can't yeah. do that. But yeah. um, I mean, hey, if they want to. If they if if they're hurt or something, no problem. Listen, if there isn't any extra room for uh, Johnson on the bench that week, we always have a place for him to go. We we have a spot. Yeah. <laughs> and for anyone not sure what we are alluding to, let me just announce really quickly and remind everybody that November fourteenth, we are teaming up with our friends at Berry House Beer Company and Wingbox Food Truck to throw our first ever Cannon Fire Watch Party. Bucks are going to be playing the Washington Football Team that week. They will be on the road. So what better week to throw one of the best watch parties you're going to find regarding Bucks football this year. The party is going to start at noon with a pregame podcast. We'll be live on YouTube for that one. And then uh, we'll also be recording our regular episodes of the show immediately after the game. So you'll be able to be one of the first people to hear that week's episode as we break down, hopefully, the win against Washington that week. Um, but it's going to be a really good time. Make sure you guys mark that date on your calendar. And uh, if you plan on being out there, make sure you let us know in the comments below or social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys that are shining in camp. We talked about Mike Edwards having a good day. Khalil Davis showing some growth. Um, Vita Vea not really being in the best spot, but Joe Tryon, the first round rookie pick number 32 for the Bucks, just continues to be the talk of the town. Uh, teammates and coaches giving nothing but praise for this guy. Simeon Rice was even at Bucks practice today, and he found some time to chop it up with the rookie. We actually posted a question on Twitter yesterday asking over under five sacks for Joe Tryon in 2021 and uh, a huge majority of you guys actually slammed the over I think it was like 25 people who said it's going to be over five sacks for Joe Tryon this season expectations at an all-time high honestly expectations higher now than I thought they could be for a guy who was drafted at pick number 32 but now that we've seen what he's capable of he's kicking everybody's ass at camp what are your expectations looking like for Tryon in 2021 over or under five sacks Evan Tell you what, baby, I might have to go and bet online. Yeah. And I might have to hammer the over on Joe Tryon at five. I mean, at first I would have said maybe under, I would have said probably around five. Right around but, five is is kind of, yeah. you know, that's why okay, I that's a that good number. number. Five, five and a half, maybe on like the high, you know, five and a half, maybe the most, I think, if you want to set an over or under. Uh, but I think five's like fair. And uh dude, I he's I mean. I, I don't know. You know, we don't know. We're not at practice. We're not watching the entire practice. So we don't know how many times is he going up against Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs, or if he's going up against an Ali Marpet or uh, Ryan Jensen one-on-ones. How many times is he doing that? We don't know. But what we do know is he is manhandling people. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's, it's, not even, it's not even fair. And guess what? The Bengals' offensive line sucks. So... <laughs> I think we could see Joe Tryon have a huge night on Saturday. 
I really do. So my expectation for him for the season, I'm going to, I was, I, I predicted five sacks. I'm going to bump it up to six and I, I could go even higher. We'll, we'll see, but I, I don't think I'll go much higher than like seven or eight, just because Jason Beer, Paul's and Jack bear are still not going to come off the field a whole lot. Yeah. Those guys are still going to um, go out there and eat. So like everybody said, Oh, double digit sacks. I, I don't think that I, I think that's a little far fetched, but Joe Tryon, man, I said it before the draft. You know, I said it before the draft. Good football player. And I, like I said, I, I talked to him before the draft. He's a passionate guy. You could tell he was excited. I was wondering how he was going to respond, putting on the pads for the first time in almost two years playing football. So far, excellent. Yeah. You got to have a great feeling about it, man. It'll be interesting to see how he's used. Um, we have seen him get a little bit of pass coverage, but I mean, any guy on that defense, he's is getting prone. a pick this year. He is. Yeah. Got, yeah. That's I, my bold prediction. He's getting a pick. I like it, man. Joe Tryon out of the backfield. He's definitely got steadier hands than JPP who dropped back into coverage and had two picks in well, two weeks JP, last year. JPP doesn't even have all of his fingers. Exactly. So. Well, that's kind of what I was alluding to. I was, just, <laughs> I was trying not to be rude and say it directly. You know what I mean? Well, but thanks for doing I'll, that for me. I'll, I'll, I'll be the douche for you. That's fine. <laughs> Right. Every, every, everybody else that's listening to this is probably like, yep, that's that next time. <laughs> so a uh, lot of great news for Joe Tryon. It'll be great to watch him on Saturday night against the Bengals. Hopefully he is, uh, you know, the fringe starter that kind of gets the most reps out there. Um, let's talk about another guy on this defense who is missing some more time at camp. Safety Jordan Whitehead was newly sidelined today after getting a late start due to uh, COVID protocol. When asked about it, Bruce wasn't sure how serious it is yet um i don't know if you've heard anything about jordan whitehead you know him losing time obviously isn't going to be great we know he's coming off of that shoulder surgery what's the deal man i I mean with with him losing more practice i also wanted to ask Mm. about maybe ross cockrell getting more reps at safety um but yeah what's the deal with jordan whitehead yeah i i know just about as much as you do um i think i know we know you know, Bruce probably has a good idea now, but yet again, you know, when you're talking to him right after practice, he's not going to know all the answers. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Um, I I said, what did I say? Did I say last week? I thought Mike Edwards. I said it in the take back. I thought Mike Edwards might win the the safety job by default. Like yeah. Jordan White had missed so much valuable time, and obviously that wasn't a hundred percent his fault. That was a lot of it was out of his control. However, you know injuries happen they happen and uh i just i'm gonna look at it as it's fortunate that the bucks have this depth yeah it's fortunate that they can go to a mike edwards it's fortunate that they can go to possibly a ross cockerel who hasn't even played safety in the nfl really (laughs) which is the crazy part but he's looking like one of the best safeties on the team yeah um so it's uh it sucks for whitehead personally i want to see him out there i think he'll be uh i think he'll be fine I don't know. I don't, I bet he probably doesn't play Saturday. Um, so Mike Edwards will probably get the start, but uh, you know, hopefully he's able to get back and, and able to get at least a game in this preseason. You'd like to see him get a game, but wouldn't shock me at all. Week one versus Dallas. If, uh, if Mike Edwards is, is the guy um, quick notes, speaking of health, we we're just talking about JPP. Bruce Arians mentioned that uh, he thinks this is the healthiest that Jason Beer Paul has been since he's, since he came to Tampa. Now, I'm not sure if that means when Bruce came to Tampa or when Jason Pierre-Paul came, because if you remember, Jason Pierre-Paul has been here one more year than Bruce has. 
Um, so, I mean, we'll see. You know, we'll see. A fully healthy Jason Pierre-Paul, but an older Jason Pierre-Paul. It'll be interesting to, to kind of balance that out. Um, and so it sounds like that that knee issue that was bothering him uh, is, is behind him. So Yeah, well, that's good. It, we, we talked about it earlier. Everybody got knee scopes this year. JPP, everybody. Tom Brady, AB, everybody got free knee scopes for winning the Super Bowl. It's just, it, it's on the contract. They, they, they got knee scopes and chicken wings. Well, some of them got knee scopes. And then Vita <laughs> Vey and Tyler Johnson, they got chicken wings. And Tanner Hudson got, I don't, I don't know. He he didn't hit the weight room or nothing, oh, I guess. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hopefully, T-Hud's able to turn it around, man. He He's one of those guys where, like, even though he's farther down on the depth chart, I really enjoy watching and, him. And, 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 and Sneak Vaughn was doing whatever he does in the oh, offseason. Oh, man. Don't, dude, let's not even talk about it. I don't want to get people <laughs> worked up. I don't want to get probably, you worked probably, up. Probably not Keyshawn much. Vaughn. Hey, so, he's, been, he's been good in camp. Give him that. Speaking he's of been, guys, he's been speaking of one thing. He's been way better than Leonard Fournette. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I will say that a lot of a lot of good things coming out about Keyshawn Vaughn uh, from training camp. So if you are on Team Sneak, then uh, plenty of great news for you. Hopefully, we'll get a good look of what he can do on Saturday and over the other two preseason games as well. But talking about another guy who has been good at camp, this is always good. Offensive lineman Nick Leverett is having a great camp so far. He had a good day today making some plays against JPP, which is obviously going to get anybody's attention when you can stand up Jason Pierre Paul. Uh, but bolstering up your reserves for the offensive line is always a really good feeling. And uh, with the things that we've heard about Nick Leverett so far, and then on top of that, rookie Robert Hainsey, who's been getting some valuable reps at center with the ones, you got to feel a little bit better about uh, the depth at particularly offensive line now. And well, Robert Hainsey has been missing the last few days. Yes, so. he has. He's he's been injured as well. So, yeah, it's nice to see a guy like Leverett step up. So, I mean, now you're starting to see an offensive line that I still don't know about their tackle depth. Uh, I'm still not 100% sold on, on their tackle depth. But uh, I think Nick Leverett, I don't know if he's played tackle. I think he's listed as a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's ever played tackle. But, I mean, it's nice to see him shine like this. And, and suddenly, the Bucks are becoming very deep on the interior. I mean, you're talking about Aaron Stinney really proving himself as a valuable, I don't know about a starter, but a really valuable backup piece. Uh, definitely 100% a plug-and-play guy. A, yeah, a guy that if you need a game or two, I don't know about a whole season, a whole 17-game season, but if you need two or three games, he can he can do it. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Robert Hainsey, who you've heard good things about at center, and now Nick Leverett, who's having a really solid camp. So the the interior of the, of the offensive line is becoming one of the biggest strengths. I would say almost up there with wide receiver, uh, honestly, of, of this team at one of the deepest positions because um, the early returns are are very good on a lot of these guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about as well before we wrap things up with Evans' take bag. Bruce Arians came out and he addressed uh, the amount of playing time that the starters are going to be seeing on Saturday's game. He said every single starter is going to play. Um, probably a series or two. As far as Tom Brady goes, I think you get a series of Brady and that's it. Um, you'll probably see some other guys out there for multiple drives, maybe two, three tops. I'm thinking, will you see Kyle Trask with the first team offense? Well, that is the burning. Will they, will they send Brady out for one drive? And then the next drive with the entire first team offense will be Trask. Honestly, I I think it's going to be. It should be, but I think it's going to be Gabbert. I think it's going to be Gabbert, too, only because of his readiness in running the offense. Um, I know we talked before, you know, talking about training camp, Kyle Trask, not having that 100% comfortability running the offense. That's what preseason's for, but give him one more week. 
I give okay. him one more week. If you right. see starters in game two or three, then it'll probably be Trask. Out well, there. also Bruce didn't sound too confident like that the starters would play week two uh, because he said yeah. about the the joint practices. He said he'd have to see how they go. I would expect the starters to play, and I don't know. I didn't hear. I didn't see a transcript of it, but I'm not sure if I heard him right. He either said the starters won't play in the third game, or they, or they're gonna play in the third game. And I'm not sure if I heard him correctly. So if anybody did hear that or see a transcript, uh, let us know. Um, I, I will tell you that as far as Trask and his situation goes. I don't think so much he'll get reps with the ones in the first game. I think he'll get plenty of reps in the second half. Um, but if he gets reps with the ones and joint practices against Tennessee, then that's all you need to know. Then he'll probably he'll probably be the one getting reps with the ones, I think, once the game day rolls around. But if if you know Gabbert's getting more reps with the ones that week and that's what they're working on in eleven versus elevens, then I think Gabbert will continue to be the number two guy for these preseason games. But I would love to see a series of Kyle Trask running out there with the ones. I, I think that's exactly you, what he needs. You should, yeah, you should see that. Yeah. Honestly. You like, should see it more than anybody else. Yeah. You should see Kyle Trask the most out of all the quarterbacks. Like that's the person you should be wanting, wanting to see the most and should be seeing the most this preseason. Yeah. But nonetheless, speaking of quarterbacks, a quick uh, note here on the other side of things. I know we're going to be previewing kind of like kind of previewing basically yeah. looking at matchups for the Bengals game on Thursday, but Joe first Burrow game preview of the season. Yes. Joe Burrow will not be playing in this game. Uh, he's still recovering from his, uh, what was it? The ACL thing or Achilles, yeah. whatever it was. So he will not be playing in this game. The Bucks will not see Joe Burrow. I think most of the Bengals starters will be playing except for Joe Burrow. So you won't be seeing him. Yeah. So, we'll talk a little bit more about expectations for the starters come Thursday, because obviously I think we're going to know more between now and then, and we'll have the latest out of training camp as well, which will shape some of the storylines headed into that game. But let's wrap things up. Ladies and gentlemen, our final segment on the show every single week is a new segment for this year and uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite segments because we have visual props and that always goes a long way. Folks, it is time for Evan's take bag. Mr. Wanish, the floor is yours. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, Ryan Suckup appears to be back on track. Uh, went eight for eight today, apparently, according to John Ledger and, and Peter Report. Um, so, after going, what, like three of seven, and then people were worried. And then, but then the next day, he went like five of six, and then he went eight of eight. So, I think we're all right. Suckup doesn't suck. We all know this. Ice cold, we, baby. That is one of our most famous quotes on this show. Suckup doesn't suck. <laughs> um one thing is this is a this is something that i found very interesting and and if any fan listening to this gets a chance i I suggest they go watch the clip like two minutes kyle brandt uh from good morning football today was talking and he basically mentioned that he was uncomfortable about talking about dak prescott um is dak prescott gonna play I, he, you know, he said, apparently, you know, they haven't, there's a knee issue and then they still have to resolve a shoulder issue. And the the Cowboys are apparently talking to the Texas Rangers about the the things because it's a, it might be a baseball type injury. And 
Apparently, Dak Prescott hasn't even thrown a football yet. Oh, um, man. He, he can't. He's been throwing just non-football, like he's been, like tennis balls and stuff like that, because he can't throw a football yet. Um, 29 days into the opener, right, I think? Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Right? I, I think well, I, Dallas. I think he'll play. I, I do. But uh, there's a question on whether he will or not. Yeah. And apparently, you know, Kyle Branch brought up, he was like, yeah, Troy Aikman, you know, normally, you know, pretty positive guy when it comes to the Cowboys. Let's see what he, what he, what he's told the national broadcast on, on the Hall of Fame game. And they showed a clip and it was Troy Aikman saying, well, yeah, the fact that Dak Prescott hasn't done this, hasn't done this leads me to believe that it's more significant than they're leading on. I don't know if you're going to see Dak Prescott week one. I, I don't. I think he will, but I don't know for sure. I don't know 100% certainty that Dak, Dak Prescott is going to be the guy. Well, and this isn't a Cowboys podcast, so we're not going to go too much into detail about it. But the question then becomes after that, you know, if and when Dak does come back, how limited is he going to be in that yeah. offense? Because this is a guy who, who what, broke the record for yards per game for like three games? Something like he that. threw like three games in a row over 425 yards. Um, so this is a guy who's definitely, you know, no stranger to yeah, slinging the they, ball down they, the field. They went like they went like one and two in those games. They didn't right, win all yeah. of them. I mean, we've <laughs> seen it. We've seen it before. Um, Buccaneers offenses have been victims of volume. That's how you get 2000 yard receivers is by playing not that great football. Five, but, five um, thousand yards passing. And, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, you know, for Dak Prescott's sake, hopefully he heals up soon. Hopefully the Bucs don't see him week one because he is a quarterback when he's healthy. I think he's definitely, you know, one of the better in the league. But um, very interesting situation. Haven't heard all the uncertainty about that from uh, from Dallas. Yeah, and I really didn't either until today. So if, if you guys get a chance, watch that clip. It's just he doesn't he doesn't necessarily Kyle Brandt doesn't say he's not going to play. He just says he's starting to get a little weary about it. Yeah. You know, because he's not even throwing a football right now. So. Right. And when it comes to your starting quarterback, um, you know, for some things in football, no news is good news. But when it comes to injury and the starting quarterback. No news can lead to the news that you absolutely do not want to hear. You yep. want as many updates as possible, and you want them to uh, be great every single time. So for Dallas and that not being the case, it's probably not that great of a feeling. Uh, Evan, anything else inside your take bag this week? Uh, yes. Uh, so there's 29 days until the opening, um, the opening game, Bucks cowboys uh, So yesterday was 30, I think, right? Uh I saw I saw another fan page post this. They're like 30 days until kickoff. And I saw the player they used. I completely forgot that Bradley McDougal existed. <laughs> um, I just didn't remember that he was a guy. What do you mean? Like, he had he had like yeah. a, a second wind in Seattle, did he not? I, I know, but like it's Seattle. I don't know. Even though Seattle's like one of the best teams, I don't watch a ton of Seahawks games. No, that's fair. Like because they're they're always on in like the, the 425 window and you know, a lot of times the Bucks playing at one, so I'm doing Bucks stuff after that. And like, I don't get to watch a ton of Seattle game. Um, Bucks got a lot of four I, o'clock games this year. I just Grateful forgot for he was. I just forgot he was a guy. I forgot he existed. <laughs> I, I really did. And like, he was good in Tampa. Like, he was legit oh, yeah. good. They they signed him as an undrafted free agent. I think well, actually he was on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, and then they they signed him. Um, well, he could hit, man. He was a heavy hitter. And then uh, it seemed like everybody, they had Deshaun Goldson, Mark Barron, and him on the same yeah, team. Those are some hitters, man. <laughs> um, I saw a um, man, I saw walking across the street the other day. I was driving down uh, Hillsborough Avenue, getting towards the interstate, 
and I saw one of those red 24 bucks jerseys. And usually when I see like, you know how you can tell the era of when a jersey was made? Like, you know how you can kind of tell it's like a 2012 jersey because it's got the big black collars on it? Yeah, it's um, a little bit more red. It's like a darker Right, red. right. And it's got the little extra detail. So it was one of those. And I saw the guy walking across the street. And whenever I see that style of jersey, I'm like, oh, it's a Revis jersey. You know, because that's kind of what was selling the most. And then I saw him turn around and it was a Mark Barron jersey. And I was just so pumped because it's one of those guys where, like, you don't remember he was on the team until you hear his name. But the fact that somebody else, some random guy on the side of the road was wearing a Mark Barron jersey after all these years kind of made made my heart happy just a little bit. Hey, I got a Mark Barron jersey. Yeah, um, dude. Let me think. I'm trying to think of the most, like, that might be the most, like, random Bucks jersey that I own. Yeah. I have a I have a Chris Sims jersey. That's good. Um, other than that, though, like a lot of them were like your basic ones. Yeah. I, I technically, you know, them like shirt jersey things and we're getting off track here, but uh, them shirt jersey things where it's like the logo on the front and it's like a player name and stuff and then like the number you know, on the back. Yeah, yeah. I had I, I had a Roberto Aguayo one. No and way. I, and I had oh, I, I have a Noah Spence one, too. I'll still wear the Spence one, but I will not wear the Roberto what was Aguayo the, one. When did you get the Aguayo one? Because th- there was not a whole lot of time where he was favorable enough on this team for people to go out and be buying some merch. I know. It was like, it was, I think it was his rookie season, I think. <laughs> it's, only, it's the only last one season. It had to be. It was for like his my birthday it? or something. Was it a gift or did you yeah, want to get well, it? I, I think I wanted it. I, I thought I think I was a madman and just okay. thought, well, now, mind you, my okay. birthday is in September. So my birthday is early in the season. So at that point, I was like, oh, he's good. So yeah, yeah, okay. and, then, and then Noah Spence, I still think is good. So <laughs> um, he beat like the book's second best pass rusher right now. Um, and then the last thing, watch party. Don't forget. I know Rhett already said it, but don't forget about the watch party. November 14th. At Barry House Wing Box, which, like I said, I am a wing connoisseur. I know Rhett is. I haven't had these yet. Rhett's been eating them basically all of his life, apparently. <laughs> and uh, they sound fantastic. You can go check out uh, Wing Box. You can probably Google them. There's a whole menu online. Yep. You can check out all their sauces and stuff. Uh, they got fries. They got sweet potato fries. They got normal fries. Um, they have, like, the loaded stuff. So, um, definitely excited to to have them be a part of this, and um, we're 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 pumped about it. So hope you guys can come on out, and uh, it'll be a great time for sure, man. Wayne and, House, and yes, I am planning tentatively to be there. So um, <laughs> that I know, you know, people diehard listeners know that I am not in Florida; I am in Pennsylvania. But that the reason we chose that game is because that in line, lines up with my vacation to Florida. So I will tentatively be there. Hell yeah. Brother. And Mr. Bucks Nation will be there also. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, one more thing, wingboxtampa.com is their website. If you want to check out their menu and all of the other great stuff that they have, you can check them out there. And they are also on social media, Facebook and Instagram for sure. It is wing underscore box on Instagram. And you can also find Barry House on Instagram and Facebook, where you can go check out all of the different craft beers that they have, what their menu looks like, what they've got on tap, and what they're selling as well. Because uh, they put together some of their canned stuff, and then you can buy that a la carte on your way out. So make sure you stop by there between now and the party, see what it's all about, and then uh, get revved up for November 14th, because it'll be here before we know it. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. Um, you can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the show. If you uh, are one of our YouTube people and you want to listen to the show next time, you can also find us anywhere you download a podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of that good stuff. Uh, We're going to have plenty of content between now and the start of the regular season. Like Evan said before, the next time we talk to you guys, it'll be Thursday, our first ever game preview on the season, taking a look at the week one preseason matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cincinnati Bengals. That'll wrap things up for us here today. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys Thursday with the game preview. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.